Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University, a company focused on the training and development of specialists and coaches. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Episode 34 of the podcast welcomes Grant Goopel, former punter for Mercer University. Goopel grew up in Orlando, Florida, where he was a three-sport athlete for Lake Mary High School. He was named the starting punter as a true freshman at Mercer, playing in all 11 games with an average of 41.3 yards on 58 punts. Goopel would redshirt his sophomore year and return his junior season to earn the starting punting position. He would go on to put his team in great field position, putting a high percentage of his punts inside the 20 and causing 19 of 45 punts to be fair caught. Grant, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Coach. Appreciate you having me on the podcast. I've had, this is one of my favorite types of guests, right? I've only had a few of you, but you're what I call my OGs. You know, I've 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 known you since you basically started taking special teams seriously, and it's, and it's usually around halfway through a young man or woman's uh, high school career. You know, sophomore, junior transition is like, wow, this is in fact something I can do. I think I might even be able to get my school paid for if I start maybe focusing more on this and less on other things, just because of the God-given, whatever it is. So it's a, it's a privilege to have you on because I really want to kind of help you share your story from my perspective. I want you to tell yours and then I might interject throughout with, with just some, some memories I have of you. So here we go. I want to start by congratulating you, man. Yesterday, Grant graduated from college. I asked him a couple of weeks ago, I was like, hey, man, like this date fits in my schedule perfectly. And he responded with, well, I'm graduating in Georgia the day before, like midday. And I was like, oh, we'll just do it in, in June. And no, he was still willing to uh, to do this. So I, I'm, I'm really appreciative of that. Um, and as mentioned, I've coached you in high school and there really is nothing more rewarding uh, than to see people walk across that stage in college. Yes, it's gratifying to see all my high school guys walk across the high school stage, but a lot less people do it in college. And, and it's, it's awesome that a big part of that journey was via football. That's why I love football. It's, 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 it's a wonderful thing. And I know sports in general can do that for a lot of people. So I'd like you to share with the audience, especially the high school specialists, the major differences of high school and college athletics, Uh, perhaps what to expect when arriving on campus and reporting to your teams and coaches for the very first time. Well, obviously, you know, probably the biggest thing is the the talent difference. Yeah. 
But when it comes to specialists, especially, um, you know, most of those kids that are specialists there as well are just as good as you two. You know, in high school, there's it's hard to find good specialists around in different schools. You might find one good punter every, you know, one out of 10 you pl- teams you play or, you know, a good kicker or whatever or not. But, at, you know, the college level, everybody's as good as you. Nobody really cares about, you know, how good you were in high school, especially even and at that difference. But it's also about the, the attention to detail that you have to give. You know, that's basically your livelihood, especially if you're there on, you know, a full scholarship, let's say, or even if you if you're paying for school either way, that it doesn't matter. But the level that you have to put into how much detail, attention, basically your whole life is surrounded by that besides, you know, school. But it's um, it's your livelihood, basically. And it's almost like that is your job. So if you're going to do it, you better take it serious every day. Everyone in a, in a high school football player's life says, if you want to go to college, you better love it. And I remember hearing that, and I didn't really know what that meant. Of course, I loved it. That's why. That's why I'm here every day. That's why I, I, I picked it over soccer, which was my passion. It was my dad's sport. He's from England. Of course, I loved it. I thought right, and I realized very quickly that the love was questioned right away when I got into my first fall semester as a freshman at Miami, and I was a 7 a.m. workout group. Right, so that means I had to get up early enough to eat something because it wasn't an easy 7am workout because I was, I don't know, I was trying to earn my keep, you know, I was trying to grind even at the weight room. And then I remember vividly that I would be getting home on that same day at 10pm from our hecked athletic center because I had to get X amount of hours logged in for tutoring. Um, Could you explain what it really means when someone says to someone that knows better, Hey, young man, if you really think you want to do this, you better love it. I mean, I think the it part is an important word because it's not necessarily, you got to love kicking a football. You have to love the entire process of what it takes to, you know, kick one out of, you know, 15 plays. It might be, I think, you know, a lot of specialists, you know, we kick every day, you know, sometimes you kick all the time. You're just constantly kicking and kicking, but when you get to college and then at that level, you have to know how to process everything for that one kick that you need to stay execute on. It's not, oh, I'm going to get many tries at it. You have to, you have to love the whole process of it, you know, grinding in the morning at workouts, you know, you're going to have 6am lifts, you're going to have 6am meetings, you're going to have all that. You have to, you know, love being able to get up to get better, to try to get better. Um, so that when your time to execute what you truly love, which is kicking a football comes, you're not going to fail. You're going to do what you're supposed to do to help your team out the best way. So it's, it's more about loving the process, I think, rather than just purely loving kicking a football or just the game in general. Amen. And I think that that helps, especially when the bad times come, which I want to ask you next, uh, things are going to happen in life. No one can reflect, look back and say, I can't recall a bad day. I, I mean, maybe someone, but I, I have yet to meet someone that can even come close to saying that. So in your freshman year, you were injured in practice. And it was, I want to say last week in pre-recording, you said it was like a Wednesday. So midweek, that's a few days prior to a game. And it wasn't just any game. Uh, you were going to play Auburn. You were going to start as a punter, as an opponent to Auburn at Auburn. That's a big deal. That's something that I would, I would probably say is one of the biggest deals as a specialist you, you have an experience in doing. Can you explain what happened and all that? And more importantly, how did you respond to it? Yeah. So we were that, that year in 2017, it was a, a crazy schedule. We were playing Auburn week three and we had Alabama like week 11 or 12 or something like that. 
<clears throat> but yeah, it was, so it was midweek. It was, I think it was a Tuesday going into our week three game against Auburn. And where we, when we, when I was, you know, my freshman year, we had on Tuesdays, we had six, six o'clock morning practices. So it was really early. Um, so, I mean, you know, we'd get out in the field 515, but, you know, I was warming up, you know, like I normally do in the morning, doing what I'm supposed to do. And I basically, what happened is one of the punts, I basically broke this small little piece of a bone in the back of my right ankle. Um, I forget what the name of the bone was, but you know, it was pretty painful when it first happened. I was like, Oh my gosh, what just happened here? Um, but thankfully the injury wasn't to the point where I had to sit out a ton of times, but I did have to, you know, be on these steroid packs for the entire rest of the year and to mentally get over the fact that I'm not a hundred percent going into these games and to know that I have to rely specifically on <clears throat> what I'm supposed to be doing, my preparation for the game, knowing that even though I might be hurting, even though I might not either though, I have to be able to overcome whatever's about to come with my own self rather than just what's happening in the game as well. So um, yeah, that was a pretty, you know, adverse situation for me there um, having to deal with that part. Yeah. And I think that you probably realize that maybe in high school, although it may have been the biggest game of the year, like regular season, you would probably have sat out to, to maybe figure things out in the short term. But I think in college, you realize that if you sit out of practice and the kid behind you in the depth chart who hasn't got a chance yet gets a chance and he goes 100% that day, uh, they're going to strongly consider a, a competition, <laughs> you know, right away, regardless of how good you've been all year, right? So so I think you had to and you're going to have to, and that comes back to the love. You might need to play through some pain, and I think the love and having a love for the process will make that pain a little less daunting, right? Oh, absolutely. So we talked last week, like I mentioned, and I, I just like to – to catch up with my guests before they come on, because I want to hear what's on their minds. And you mentioned um, learning how to handle things like a pro. That's something that you learned in your process of getting better as, as your best self. And um, I think you handled the injury like a pro because pros you've heard it a, a thousand times when someone retires, they talk about the horror stories of the things that they would play through. Sometimes it's like almost unimaginable that they were functioning out there at the level that they were not a hundred percent. I think you acknowledge that there was a problem and I think you did your best with your injury in the short term to address the problem. You fought like hell for a job despite going through this adverse situation. Um, so when you say handling things like a pro, what does that mean to you? For me personally, I think it's doing everything, not just one thing, but everything to the best of your ability to, to give yourself the best outcome that it was like, for instance, you know, with my injury, you know, I couldn't just linger around and let it try to get better when I, I mean, when that happens, you also now take on another responsibility in your life, which is I need to get to the training room every day now, plus practice, plus lifts, plus class, everything else that you have to do, plus, you know, study hours you have to do. So you have to, you know, add that, that extra, you know, adversity into your life, but you can't get discouraged by that it, it at all. And when it comes to, you know, trying to be a professional on the field, off the field, it's carrying yourself through everything that you're doing, you know, in class, through football, to the best of your ability and not getting discouraged by anything at all, you know. In life and especially in football, you're going to have times where you're not going to be that dude. You're not going to have a great practice. You're not going to be, you know, you might be 25% on field goals one day. Who knows? Like, but if you carry yourself to the way that you know that you can, which is overcoming that adversity and becoming a better specialist because of it, that's how you, you know, hang yourself as a pro, not just by 
lingering around like, oh my gosh, I had such a bad day. What am I going to do? You know, you keep your head up, you do what you're supposed to do and you carry on and prepare like, you know, you, you can, and you're supposed to, I think preparation is the biggest part about it all is being a pro you're, they prepare every day. Like it's their, you know, last rep, like it's the only opportunity they have. You got to take advantage of every opportunity you have in practice. You might get three or four kicks. That's it. If you're not hundred percent, you might not get many more opportunities sometimes again. And there's kids behind you that are going to try to do just as good as you or better and take your spot. So you have to handle it all like a professional in that instance. I love what you said about preparation. I think you said a lot of good stuff, but what really stood out to me is the key word preparation to me. And we try to draw parallels on this show all the time. And I'm just going to use an analogy with golf. When you watch the elite golfers before a major, those Tuesday practice rounds or just in the, in the tee box or on, on whatever, the putting green, they are so meticulous in, in isolating tendencies, right? So they probably played on a Monday and a Tuesday. They probably identify what their weakness was that day. And they probably prioritize what's the most important thing should I address in the short term that maybe I can get correct before Thursday. We do the same thing in kicking if we are handling it like a pro. I think people like you could care less when I, when you come see me for a private lesson and I say, there's a really, really strong wind today. It's probably 17 to 20 and that's strong for down here. I know it's worse in the Midwest, but you have zero problem with right to left crosswind, wind in your face, wind at your back. In fact, you're always one to say, we need to, we need to address all three of these because I'm going to be in a situation later where all of these will occur. Um, so that's what, what I, I, I can tell is a clear identifier in a high school kid is when he's okay with being thrown in the fire because you will be thrown in the fire right away in college because they want to see if you can handle it. It's not going to be wind-aided 30-yard middle, I can assure you of that if you're a fuel kicker. It's going to be a hash. Uh, you might get called out you know, in transition. You have no idea. You have, they want to see what you can do. So I think what you said about preparation is – it's of the utmost importance. How are we preparing? And I think as well, you kind of mentioned, you know, you know, my freshman year, especially early in the time, I was, you know, oh, the wind's going this way. Let's kick this way. Let's kick with the wind all the time. And then, you know, when you get to the game and there's a heavy wind, I think, you know, the second game, it was a hurricane that came through and there was, you know, it was a beautiful day, but it was like 25, 30 mile an hour winds that day. And I was, you know, waking up, I was like, good Lord, I have to kick in this. And then, you know, once I kind of figured out, like, I don't know what the weather's going to be. I don't know what the wind's going to be. But, you know, after those kind of first couple of games where I realized, okay, I'm not going to get the best, you know, you know, when you don't know what the wind's going to do. And if I have to kick in the wind, I need to be at my best kicking into the wind. So, you know, preparing like a pro again, instead of saying, oh, let's kick with the wind. Let's try to hit a big bar now. No, go kick into the wind. See if you can kick into the wind better than you can with the wind, because, if you're not kicking it into the wind good, you're, you're, you're kind of screwed on that. You better have a plan, right? <laughs> Every kicker and punter and snapper for that matter, people don't think about this, but the wind helps snapping too, or it hurts. Uh, they, they have a plan with the wind. And I'm talking mostly about high school specialists. These guys know exactly how to attack it with the wind. But I don't know if they have a plan in place for anything else, you know. So, unless they're good and they're and they're strongly considering being successful in college, um, I'm going to transition to another thing. We, we always talk about versatility on this show. I'm going to share with the audience that you were not 
you didn't grow up at 11 years old saying, I want to punt a football. And thank goodness, because I found that that doesn't work for me. It hasn't, at least. I'm not, I'm not even opposed to it working. I'm just saying that generally speaking, it hasn't. I don't think it ever has. You grew up playing hockey, lacrosse, football. We talk on the show all the time about specialists having and should being able to play a variety of sports while growing up because they're getting so many different movements and I could go on, but you, you get the idea. Specialization on the other hand, at a young age can in fact be dangerous. If a kid just kicks or just punts or just snaps, and that's all he ever does. Uh, I think he's underdeveloped in a lot of areas physically and mentally. Can you explain how hockey and lacrosse has helped you as a punter in football? I think it's just, you know, being a specialist, you know, a lot of people don't consider, you know, specialist athletes, you know, many, many times like, oh, you're not an athlete. You just kick a football, you know, whatnot. But if you're playing these sports and you're, you know, out on the field and, you're, you know, if, you know, if you're playing, you know, lacrosse as well or any, you know, sports all through high school, like you're going to develop more skills other than just being a football player or a, a, a specialist, like, you know, hand-eye coordination could, you know, you can increase that in a major way or your strength in general. I mean, getting more powerful, all these sports are going to help you in, you know, just your one specialty of kicking a football in many, many ways. And especially when it comes to, you know, you join a college team. I mean, all of these dudes are freak athletes. I mean, freak athletes. And if you don't want to be that, you know, lonely little, you know, specialist that's, you know, a buck 60 soaking wet that doesn't know how to do anything but kick a football. You want to be able to go in the weight room, be energized as well. You want to be able to run down the field just like your teammates can and, and do what you're supposed to do as a specialist. You're an 11th man on a specialist field. Like, you know, when you when you punt the ball, you're the 11th dude. Amen. Not just you're not just, oh, let's kick the ball over here and let's just wait for our guys to tackle it. No, you you're you're the 11th dude. Kick off as well. You're you're a free safety or you're not, right? <laughs> we either have one or we don't. <laughs> you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So you're a vital part other than just kicking a football when it comes to that. So if you're, you know, not developed in other, you know, aspects of being an athlete as well, such as, you know, maybe lacrosse, soccer, minus and hockey as well. I mean, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, but it's going to help you. Or I know people that did track and field. That's huge for that too. All those fiber muscles that you have, you know, um, fast twitch muscles, all that are, are very vital to just being a good specialist as well. So yeah, I think being an athlete in general is, is a major part of, a good specialist i look back at like the 70s and people it's weird people's perception of football players has changed over the years for the better as far as like wow these guys are superior some of the best athletes in the world now but in the 70s you could look at football players um, almost everywhere on the field and find a guy that was really good at playing football but he wasn't necessarily athletic and did not look athletic i do not think that you could say the 64 kickers and punters in, in the world that play in the NFL, those guys are elite athletes and those guys are very good at other sports. And I don't think that's just a coincidence. And I, and then you look at the college specialists, like you mentioned, I don't think the college specialists at, at Mercer and your time there, I don't think the ones that were successful just kicked in high school. I would highly doubt that. Um, so I really thank you for that. I think it's eye-opening. I think kids should be very leery of, of specializing too soon. However, I think as we get closer to grad, high school graduation, yeah, you need you need to focus almost all of your efforts into being the best at a position you want to play in college. 
So I have, I have one final question for you. If you could speak to the special teams coordinators, and there's quite a few, um, actually some very, very awesome guys that are my mentors in a lot of ways that are teaching me the parts of the game that I didn't have to play. They listen to this show regularly um, at your level too. Um, I'm trying to get the high school guys a little more involved, but high school guys, coaches, I should say, are very spread thin and you get that. But what would you tell these college special teams coordinators that are listening to this show? I think the biggest thing for me personally is special teams is, although it's a third of the game, it's a completely different aspect of the game. And when it comes to special teams, it's not a matter of out scheming your opponent, but it's a matter of who executes at a better level, at a higher level, at a more efficient level. You know, punting is, is basic, you know, let's get as much hang with as much distance in the best direction as possible. Your gunners run down your team blocks for, you know, that one second just to give you enough. And then they're down the field. It's let's move these guys around. Let's do all this, you know, get them all confused. Let's do all this. It's, Who's going to execute at the best level? Is the snap going to be right on the right hip? Is the punt going to be outside the numbers at 45 yards with a 4-5 hang? Are your gunners going to get a free release? Are they going to get stacked? Are they, are they going to do what they're supposed to do? It's, it's all about executing to the best of everybody. So if you try to you know, scheme too much, it's going to change the way your special teams is. It's not going to help you out necessarily. It could, but you know, executing is all about special teams. As a punter and a kicker especially, all your job is, is executing to the best of your level. You're either making the kick or you're not. You're either getting it to where it needs to be on a punt or you're not. You're on kickoff. You're either kicking it deep left or through the end zone or you're not. It's, it's one or the other. It's executing. And I think um, when you look at special teams, you can't look at it, you know, with an offensive mindset of, oh, how are we going to get, you know, these guys open, like I said, or defensive the same way, you know. Um, it's all about we got to execute to the best of our ability and um, applying the fundamentals every day. In talking to you last week, this is why I saved this question for last is because I think it made me think the most. And what you say is true because what I do as a coach, and I think that what coaches should do to athletes is to minimize variables. If there's anything excessive in nature in a punt, I get rid of it because it's an added variable that's going to affect the result. It's going to affect the repeatability of, of the situation period. And going further with that, I think a lot of these kids that are impactful special teams players at your level that are helping you, say, for example, the gunners or your three-man shield, right, or your, your ends and wing relationships if there's stunts, I think that those guys have enough on their plate on the offense and defensive side of the ball because, yes, we get really cute and we misdirect the opponent on those phases. So I love what you said last week. I think that if we are great at doing it in the simplest way and we're better than our opponent in all 11 positions because we do the fundamentals over and over and over and we know where the intended target is and the specialist feels very comfortable with the situation. I love what you said. And I think that, yes, there's a place for misdirection. And I think it's best to misdirect, you know, uh, at varying times when you miss misdirect every play of a special teams play you're going to confuse yourself often too so I could not thank you more uh, for sharing that last week because it really did make me think because I do I think it's awesome to see people in motion and it's sexy but in, at the bottom line in the end of the year were we better than last year and doing that every single play I don't know. I, I'd be curious to find out. Um, so I, I do want to thank you for joining 
today. And I always ask at the end of the show, if you could share just one way, um, perhaps maybe on social media that, that the audience could get in touch with you if they had a question about today. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. It's uh, at Grant underscore Gopal, G-O-U-P-I-L. You can send me any, any message you want. I'll be glad to answer. And uh, yeah. Awesome. No, that was, that's keep it simple, right? And uh, I just want to thank you again. It does mean a lot to all of us at Fourth Down Focus that you were able to share your story and, and just your views on, on the game of football. Please give us a five-star uh, review. Subscribe to the show and share it with a friend. If you have questions related to the podcast, suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you just have feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. My website, fourthdownu.com, has endless resources for specialists and coaches of specialists. On social media, my Instagram and Twitter is at fourthdownu. That's at 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find me by searching Dan Space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. I hope 2021 is treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.